0: everybody, welcome to episode 89 of Fish and Connor Saw a Movie. My name's David Peather, but you can call me Fish. With me, as always, is my favourite sack of shit.
1: Connor McDuff! Hey, what up? Nice and short. That's the way I like it.
0: (laughs) That's it. Well, Connor, this week we left it up to our lovely listeners. Our fate was in their hands. What what we would review was up to, to you guys, the listeners.
1: We had Hunt for the Wilder People... Nice Guys and Alice and what we said was like we're really keen to watch Nice Guys we're really keen to watch Hunt for the Wilder People neither of us wanted to fucking watch Alice please don't vote for Alice and what fucking one is fucking Alice so thank you all <laughs> <laughs> it always tends people.
0: to go that way leading way back to when we we first did uh, a vote I remember it was for John Wick and some fucking Nicholas Sparks. the best of me was it
1: yeah, some shit. There were two of them they made us fucking review. And of but course yeah. it
0: was uh the best of me. The people like to put us through hell, but hey, that's what they want to listen to and we are willing to give that to you. So this week we are going to review Alice Through the Looking Glass. It was a really close one though. Like literally one one vote. A vote between each of them. Uh it, at first I thought I thought it was going to be the nice guys. It was a, a a strong front runner and then Alice came in and it was sort of neck and neck there for a bit. Wilder people didn't get really too much love to start with but it had a late resurgence in the end It fucking came within one vote of Nice Guys and then one vote for Alice So it was, it's actually the closest we've had um, Normally it's, it's pretty obvious Yeah uh, Pretty early what we're doing But I was talking to you on Saturday afternoon and I'm like I think
1: it's gonna be Alice <laughs> Yeah and I lost my shit Well
0: you were, you were having a date night too weren't you You had to pick yeah. the movie
1: I certainly did. We had to basically, it was like a matter of however this date goes will depend on what these people put me through. Like, will it be something we both want to watch? Will I have to tell so, this poor person that you can't watch the, what you want? We have to watch Alice because the few thousand people that listen to our shit demand it, you fucks. But, um, so not so only yeah.
0: did you have our fate in like the, the fate of our review in your hands, you also had Conor McDove's Love Life.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. You fucking you fucked it.
0: So how you the did, the date the date went horribly?
1: Oh, it was not good uh, to <laughs> say the least. Um,
0: <laughs> was it because of the movie though, or was it because of your chin strap?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably, probably both. I think it was a bit of both. I think my chin strap definitely played a part in how bad the date was. But I um <laughs> I, I do believe that this film was also an op- also a reason. But look, if the person who I went out with, is listening to this. It wasn't you, it was me. <laughs> it wasn't either of us, it was Alice. It was Alice. Yep.
0: <laughs> Getting right in there. Okay, well, that is what we are going to review. So, can you recount anything of what happened in this film? And would you love to tell us?
1: Let me fucking hit you up with what happens. So, Alice is back. She's a strong female independent character as they shove down your throat for the next 20 minutes. And then... Some shit's gone wrong. She goes into to Wonderland and the Mad Hatter thinks his parents are alive and no one believes him and for some reason that kills him. So he's dying and Alice needs to save the day. So she needs to go back in time to save the, his parents before they die. She goes to Time, who is a personified being, and nicks his time machine, even though he's like, hey, if you do this, the universe will be destroyed. Please don't do this. You can't. Alice, you can't change the past, but she did it anyway, and he was right, and the universe gets destroyed, and so it fu- turns out his parents were fucking alive in an ant farm in the present, and so she she just ends up having to fix fix what she broke, which is the world, and stops everything, and there was, it, it's, yeah, the end.
0: Well, first things first, I don't know if we've really spoken about this, but, like, I'm I'm a pretty big Alice in Wonderland fan. Like, I love the original Disney film. Oh, okay, I think it's one of the best Disney films getting around. I um, I just loved how like kind of fucked up it is, and I'd really, really love to see a proper like horror version of Alice in Wonderland because it has all the right things. Like I've read some great comics that go down that road. There was the the video game Alice.
1: Madness Returns, whatever it is.
0: That was kind of fun. Just these really twisted perspectives of an already twisted idea, and I was really excited when I heard that Tim Burton was getting in on this Alice and Wonderland business because I thought, oh, you know, he's a bit quirky. I think he might be the guy to to bring me the the Alice film that I, I really want to see. And needless to say, that was his, his film was not. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was not really a fan of um, the, the 2010, the prequel to this movie we were about to review. What about you? How how were you on that one?
1: I was really young when it came out, so I didn't really give a shit. I like saw it and was like, yeah, right. It didn't really stick with me at all. It was just sort of a movie. It just kind of felt like a like a normal, basic, boring movie. Um, I'm never. I'm not a huge Burton fan. I think I've told you guys this in the past. Yeah, we both a massive. Not massive Burton fan um so like his little quirky teenage angst facade doesn't really work on myself but um you know i definitely didn't have high expectations going into this film and like my previous experience with alice in wonderland i kind of remember the movie but majority of it actually comes from the video game kingdom hearts because the alice in wonderland oh, yeah. level the alice in wonderland levels pretty fucking confusing for anyone who's played it so um <laughs> Like, that's that's a, where a lot of my experience comes from, to be honest, is from that game. Yeah, right. But, like, I do like the concept of Alice in Wonderland. I do like mm. what it is. I love its influence in pop culture. I think, you know, it, it, it's one of the, you know, a true example of fantasy fiction and sort of abstract fiction and stuff, which is really cool, you know. And I, and I, and I think it's, it's just such a cool, big thing. But I definitely, you know, in regards to the two, the last film... And this one, my excitement levels were not through the roof, I can tell you that much.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's funny. I, I still think about that original 2010 film fondly in, in terms of the way that I remember being so keen for it, because I do love the idea of Alice in Wonderland. I, I'm the same. I think it's great. It's it's a great way to be able to just set up a a world that has no rules, because it's essentially in the mind... Well, it could be, you know, whichever way you look at it, it could be in the mind of a mad child. So what is she making up in her head and how is this all happening? And, you know, I just think that's fantastic because I, I like that idea of being able to, to make your own world and your own rules and the, the potential of making them really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously since 2010, I've realized that Tim Burton's a fucking piece of shit and can't really make a good film well not one that i like anyway
1: (laughs) not anymore yeah
0: besides edward uh and edward scissorhands but you know batman we've spoken about those they were okay as well but this this he just doesn't have it anymore for me it was kind of cool back in the day because it was a lot more practical sort of effects sort of things going on and obviously in this day and age if you're going to make an alice in wonderland movie it's going to be a cg fest
1: well not necessarily and that's something i'd like to talk about as well.
0: Yeah, well not necessarily, but you know, you you almost can guarantee it's going to go down that route.
1: Yeah, if you're going to be like a fucking basic bitch, yeah, yeah. it will go um, down that fucking. And that route.
0: was that was my biggest problem with the first one. I did go back and watch it uh, a few days ago because you know, I knew I'd already booked yeah. booked IMAX tickets to see Uh, Through the looking glass So I was like Shit I I better go get a refresher And I was like I wanna I wanna Just watch it again And see if I really If I really didn't like it And I Struggled to get through it I I, Like It's not probably as terrible As I remember But I think most of the um, It comes from How disappointed I was like, I yeah. think I, I wanted it to be this new age Alice in Wonderland story, but you know, Tim Tim Burton's not the guy to do the one that I want to see. Like, I, I remember hearing uh, like back in the day that there was a version where Marilyn Manson was going to be the Queen of Hearts. That's the version I want to see. Jesus Christ, that's fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I watched it, and it is it is just the man movie that I remember. But it did it did fill in a few gaps that you know I probably wouldn't have been able to remember uh watching through the looking glass my biggest problem with the original alice um was that alice was just a bit shit like she doesn't really do too much like she kind of just does what she's told she fights the jabberwocky at the end but it's kind of like and the way she talks is very very faint and very like she doesn't feel like a strong character that is it's being portrayed
1: yeah and this one it's quite different
0: whereas yeah this movie I really like what they're trying to do with her. Like, I, I think, you know, you, you said you said in the, the plot summary that they're really pushing the fact that she's this independent woman yeah. and all that sort of Look, thing. And that's, I,
1: that's all I, good um, and fine. I, You know, to kick it off, I just, like, don't... You know, in this day and age, it shouldn't be a fucking, like... You're not doing yourself any favours if you want to be a progressive director by jamming that sort of shit down someone's throat. That's kind of like the frustration I have. It's like if a, char- if a strong female character is really a strong female character, we will see that throughout the film. Mm. We don't need it to be its own, like, its own set piece. It doesn't we do need not to be need,
0: addressed over and over again. We yeah. do not
1: need to see her big headedness and her ability to lead because just for the sole purpose of showing her as an independent female to be a set piece. We're aware of that. The rest of the film speaks pretty true to that. But when you like try, you start jamming it and you have characters saying things that, you know, while relevant to the period of that it's in, which is the 1800s, it still comes off as quite fucking annoying. It gets frust- It just gets frustrating. Um, I'm not, you know, in no ma- in no means am I like tr- trying to be misogynistic. I'm not trying to be a fucking menonist. I just like, I'm just fucking like, I'm just over the this. It's, it ruins films. Okay. No one's going to take your fucking movie seriously if you jam it down someone's throat and it fucking ruins films. Look at Furiosa and Mad Max. Not a damn fucking thing spoken about it. She is just a fucking boss for the sake of the story. She is a boss because Mm. that character is a boss. That character could be a male and nothing would change in the film. And that's what you fucking need. There's no fucking talking of it. There's no fucking nonsense. She is literally just the coolest motherfucker in people listening Didn't a
0: lot of people bitch about that? Wasn't there yeah, like a lot, a lot of men uh, activist groups getting all up uh, in that?
1: There's probably a couple, but like, you know, the the outcries of one is heard by many, you know, like an extremist basically. And mm. of course, like, I'm sure it wasn't excessive, but it doesn't matter. Like you need to be controversial to make a difference, but that's being controversial, you know, not fucking around with a character and still making them, you know, out to be this fucking boss bitch. And then yeah. here you have this character who eventually does some pretty cool stuff but even then, I still have some issues with her as a character. But, like, her initially, like, to jam it down that throat with the boat sequence, like, while it's cool, I'm like, okay, I fucking get it. Like, okay, yeah, all right. Like, yeah, I fucking get it. You know, they're doing it with James Bond. James Daniel Craig just dropped out of James Bond. and They want everyone, like, people are pushing Gillian Anderson, who plays Scully in X-Files, to be the next James Bond, Jane Bond. And it's oh, become this big gosh. thing where, like, People like people are like oh, if you disagree with it, that's thinly veiled sexism, and I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. James Bond is a male character. I don't give a fuck. Make if it, make if a it,
0: female spy movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I don't
1: get like I'm not going to be offended if it turns out to be a, if James Bond is a female, but I'm not. I'm going to be like that's fucking stupid. You know, well, like, look,
0: this is this is a uh, an issue that like we're, we're starting to dress a little bit more and it's one that's definitely poking its head up a lot in film yeah. and TV and everything these days is it's being PC for the f- sake of being PC. Being PC.
1: Why not just make, exactly, make a new fucking espionage film with a strong female character a new female character that can establish herself and have her own following because of the love for the character. Not jump into a character who has already been defined by their gender because James Bond is a fucking womanizer, might I add. Yeah. <laughs> and and have that, and then it's just this big fucking facade, it's this big deal, this big publicity stunt. By the end of the, end of the day, Gillian Anderson's making her third Bond film, no one's going to give a fuck. You know, like no one's going to, it's just going to be like, okay, cool, they're probably going to be shit like every other James Bond film um but like but like you know it's the same with the Ghostbusters like I think feel like people get offended because people think you know like how dare you get upset that the whole Ghostbusters cast is female it's like yeah because the Ghostbusters are fucking Bill Murray Harold Ramis and fucking Dan Aykroyd and I'm so sorry that I forgot the other guy's name the fourth guy um but um,
0: um yeah um Ernie something
1: But, I mean, like, these characters are already established. Nobody wants a new fucking Ghostbusters film with anyone else. It's the same with the... uh, Just, fuck, man.
0: (laughs) Look, I... Look, Ghostbusters is a different thing. I'm keen for this new Ghostbusters. I don't think it's as blasphemy as everybody's saying it is. Yes, doing it without Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd is a bit like, well, okay. But I can see it working, whereas changing James Bond, that's like uh you know a pretty well fucking set character because they've had how many movies like
1: you know and they're, and they and they're trying to do it with superheroes like Thor is a woman or was a woman at prior there's a couple of others they keep trying to like like you know do you know change the gender of these male superheroes to female superheroes and I'm like do you want to know what doesn't work changing the fucking gender of your superheroes. Just make a new fucking boss bitch. Make a new superhero. A superhero. Like
0: just you don't have to ride the wave that is the Thor fandom. It's
1: it's, it's, it's a pathi- yeah. it's a pathetic sad excuse to appeal to an audience that doesn't actually know why they're fucking offended to be quite honest. And I'm getting fucking <laughs> sick of it. I'm fucking over it. Hey, like I'm over PC culture.
0: Look, it's just getting it's getting out of hand. I yeah. I'm all for PC. I'm all for, you know, people getting the right amount of the same treatment and and all this shit. It's I think it's very important that, you know, especially with women, they need to be, uh, you know, portrayed in film in in a positive way. But the thing is, they fucking are. We've we've had this talk over and over going back to, like, our Mockingjay reviews. Like, I remember everybody getting all up in arms about, like, oh, it's just so good to see great female characters coming out like man there is so many good fucking female characters yeah. out there. Look, there be it, there's probably more iconic male ones, and that's changing. We're getting yeah. better stories. We're getting better storytellers that are coming out and telling great tales about women, men, fucking all kinds of races. It's not just it's not just white men are the are the number one Exactly th- like it <laughs> Like, line I is, know I know it is, but like it's changing, look guys. I, but I don't st- do it for the sake of doing it. That's when it's knows. if you make it so glaringly obvious, it takes away from the film. Like remember when we went, we reviewed any way back in the day. Like yeah, that was such a big fucking splash in the air. and like I loved that film. I thought it was great. But, you know, Annie was a little redhead freckled kid. It was, it was it was hard to see past that when it's such an iconic character. And such
1: a huge part of her role.
0: Just make a fucking new musical with that little girl in the lead. Oh,
1: and I, mean, I will love like, it
0: just as much. You that's know? fucking it, you know? Yeah. And
1: this is like something that, you know, coming back to Alice uh, now, that... I want to talk about and that they fucking established her as this strong, powerful character and that, you know, everyone look up to Alice. She's the new role model, blah, blah, blah. But then the, the <laughs> it's rest- It's funny that
0: we, we've we just gone on this big rant because I didn't really think it was that bad in this film.
1: Yeah. I, I, look, I just, th- the thing for me was watching this film is that at the end of the day, Alice is a fucking shithead of a <laughs> character. She's a fucking selfish little cunt and all yeah. she does in the film is fuck up. All right. That's the fucking issue, you know? Like, don't go through all this effort of jamming this fucking independent, she's right, she's powerful fucking character. But then expect your audience to accept it because you're worried they you know, because you think they're not going to get offended when she fucking risks the universe for some stupid ginger cunt who's fucking <laughs> asleep in bed. Like, <laughs> no, are you you're fucking absolutely stupid? right.
0: Because she is, like, look, going back to what I was saying about the original version of Alice in 2010, I didn't really like what they were doing with her. She was... It just didn't work. I didn't I didn't believe that she was the one to take on the Jabberwocky at the end. This time I do believe that she's the one who can save the day. But she's a dickhead and breaks time. She gets told over and over, like again you said in the plot summary, Sasha Baron Cohen is saying, Look, please don't do this. You can't change it. You're going to break everything. Everyone you know will die. It won't just be the Hatter. Everything's going to get fucked up. And she continuously fucks up and fucks up and fucks up and doesn't really learn from it.
1: And this is the whole thing as well, like she learns all like a, a lot of the, the time, like the morals within this film are so obscure. Like at one point it's about time and like time is precious and it isn't yeah. a cruel bitch. And other times it's about believing in your friends, but then at other times it's like, oh wait, don't believe in yourself, you're fucking wrong. Like it just changes all the time. And one of the things that really bothered me is that Matt Hatter's like, dude, my parents are alive. And then she's like, I don't believe in you, and that's why he gets sick and he, he's dying because nobody believes him and his parents are there and so i'm like you fucking know this information you get to a point where you're back in time where you realize oh wait his parents aren't dead you know when she finds out that her dad kept the blue hat mm. and it's like he, she goes oh wait her parents like that's she says in the film like my, his parents are alive but then still uses the fucking time machine like mm. fucking idiot you know like it's so But was she aware
0: at that point that it was breaking shit i don't know if she was
1: I, well, I mean, like, she has to be pretty fucking retarded not to be because she was told over and over again that it's breaking shit. Well, like, she was told...
0: Well, but by Time, who is portrayed as an evil villain at the start yeah, she of this film. Which he fucking shouldn't be. Which he isn't. He's, yeah. like, the good guy in this movie, really. I never, I <laughs> he's never, the one chasing the person who's fucking up time.
1: I, like, I didn't, you know, obviously, because I didn't, I, have no, I had no knowledge of this film before going into it, and like, nothing at all. But, like, immediately when he's like, don't do it, and she starts going back in time, I was like, you're a fucking idiot. He just said not to do it. Like, Yeah, but that's, like, like,
0: you know, that's what any villain would But, say, but like, No, no, no,
1: but it. it's not like, it's not like he said it, what made me believe it was, like, the fucking, the red, the, what is it, the red, what's her name? The Red Queen, is that her? The uh, Red. The
0: Queen of Hearts. Queen yeah. of Hearts comes in. Red Queen, yeah.
1: it's like, clearly she, he's in love with her and he refuses to give it to her, you mm, know? Yeah, And true. like, the way he talks to her, he's not rude to her, he's not, you know, he's a bit naive and a bit obnoxious but he's not like he's not evil you know he's not malicious he's not rude he's just like no like you're not using it there's no way you know you need to leave he's not feel like
0: the way that the film portrays him to start with like looking back on hindsight that's i I think that's the whole point like i definitely felt like just in the way that he's shot and the way he's like smiling and looking all kind of malicious he he's supposed to be villainous to you to start with and then goes on to it's like oh shit he's right
1: that never came across to me and I'm not just saying that because I'm a salty cunt I'm saying like that never ever was betrayed to me like I never once felt like I got if- it
0: to start with and, and especially when he was with the Queen mm. I thought oh you know there's something a bit shady here yeah but you're right you go back like I think about it now and I'm like it's definitely it's not there and, and to me that's a, a kind of a testament to the film I think that's a good thing
1: and look, I, I mean, like, you know, it just quickly, because I, there's not much I really want to say about this character, but Time, Sasha Baron Cohen, fucking was great. Like he, Yeah, he, I thought he was good.
0: It was one thing I was worried about going in, because I remember seeing him in the trailers and being like, oh, man, this I don't know if that's going to work. Um, I don't know if he'll fit this world. Um, but he really did. And I actually really liked the, the whole concept of Time. Like, a lot, like from the minute that Alice is breaking in on that massive clock, that real, that great sequence where she's jumping over yeah. like the hands and stuff. And then it like sort of zooms out and shows how massive his, like the little, I don't know what they called it, like the timekeeping area, I guess. And just little things like, you know, him going through and he's got all the, the stopwatches and stuff. You know, yeah. super crazy exposition because it's like, does he do this every time he's going to kill somebody? Goes through the, and says the whole process, but you know, it could have been written a bit better. But I do like the concept of him and that he's been, you know, this personification of time itself.
1: Yeah, no, it he, he was good. And it kind of made sense and I could appreciate it. And I liked, you know, obviously one of the things about Wonderland is they can do stuff like this. And that personification came across really well. But within saying that, one of the things I want to bring up is that, you know, Alice in Wonderland as a franchise has some of the most iconic characters in pop culture, the Cheshire Cat, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, the Mad Hatter, you know, I'm late, I'm late, the fucking rabbit. Like, these are characters that i have just, like, stood the test of time. And so what they did in this film is that they shoehorned them in, like, no fucking tomorrow, and gave them no real depth, and made them so irrelevant to the story. Of course, aside from Johnny Depp, who, by the way, his name appeared before the fucking film's name. Yeah. Did you notice that?
0: I've uh, no, it was in the first one as well. It's fucking bullshit.
1: What the fuck is that shit? Sorry. That's fucking ridiculous. No, That's a,
0: like, did, did he play Alice? Look, let's let's leave Depp for a, a second. I've got a whole yeah, yeah. a whole conversation about him. <laughs> but you're right with these characters, and it's look, it's it's watching the other one back as well. I I think that is probably besides my disappointment in, in from what I was expecting. Yeah. The next big disappointment was how they used these characters because you're absolutely right. All these characters are fucking iconic. Like. Yeah. Mad Hatter, the Cheshire Cat, the fucking rabbit, the hare, the March Hare, the little mouse thing. They should be awesome, but they're fucking shit.
1: Well, it's not even that they, like, that. you have the actors there too. You've got Anne Hathaway as the white, the white queen, the queen of, I don't know.
0: Yeah, a white queen, I think. Um,
1: And then, like, you've got, like, these, a phenomenal cast. You've got fucking um, Little Britain's, I forget his his name, damn it. Doing the Tweedledee. Yeah, and, like these are fantastic people. The Cheshire Cat's like phenomenal and they're literally just there. Alan Rickman is
0: the fucking caterpillar. Um,
1: They're just there for the sake of being there and then they just fuck off and then like there was one scene that actually like that I realised I'm like wow this is really pathetic what they've done. And it was the scene where she goes back, and like everyone's really young, like all these characters are kids. So what they do is they cram them all and make them all best friends, supposedly. It's as if this world isn't big or massive, and it's just these eight characters are the only strange only characters. In the film. Yeah,
0: okay. Oh, you've touched on a few points that I really want to go yeah. into. Um One and one is the characters, big characters. We should we should love these guys, but I don't. I don't give a shit about them. And it was it goes back to the first one where they actually did have things to do but they're fucking crap there. And they come back here. Yeah, they're all portrayed by great actors and such, but they don't do anything. They have I don't believe for a second that Alice is really friends with all these people. You know, she talks about coming back and that, you know, Hatter is my truest friend and all this. It's like, really? Because like, I didn't even feel that in the last one. I feel like you were just going through the motions and then you've come here and you're doing it again. It's like these characters, like in that original Disney film, you know, fucking from the 40s or whenever it is, Every one of those characters is awesome. They all have their own moment in the spotlight and they all affect Alice's journey to a certain extent. And this, it's just like, it's only to minor effect. It's a fucking crime what they do with the Cheshire Cat. The Cheshire Cat is one of the coolest characters of all fucking time. And... They went and did nothing with him.
1: I right, like literally, made him more redundant than any one of the of these other characters, which blew my yeah. mind. Yeah,
0: like, and even in the in the um the first one, he has the moment where he sees Alice and says, "Oh, we are all mad here," and you know, you should then you need to go to the tea party. Yeah, he at least like kind of pointed her in a direction. In this one, now all of a sudden, like you just said, they're all best friends. Like I did not I don't, I don't know if the Cheshire Cat was really friends with any of these people. I always felt like he was his own thing. He lived out in the fucking forest and just like did that creepy smile with people who came past and was just really fucked. <laughs> like, he's just kind of this cute cat in this thing. And I remember seeing the trailer. There's a great shot in the trailer where she's, you know, going through time and there's like a huge wave with the Cheshire Cat's face on it. I thought, oh, the Cheshire Cat is going to be this big mystical presence in this one he's going to probably have more to do with anything and he just has less and it's fucking i don't even think i've seen that shot in the film i think it was only in the trailer
1: do you want to know why all this stuff happened do you want to know why all these iconic characters were redundant in comparison to one stupid horribly executed motherfucking character because johnny fucking depp is in this fucking film that's fucking
0: why. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I want to talk about one more thing before we get to depth. Please, I insist. You, you talked about, like, are these the only characters in the whole world? This yeah. is probably the biggest drop ball that they've done with the Wonderland or Underworld or whatever the fuck it's called. It doesn't feel like it's actually inhabited. Right. These are the only people in it. Even in the first one, there was, like, only times when they kind of go to the castles or whatever, there'd be a few, like extras in the background yeah. but i feel like this is just all it is and especially when you know alice first comes back and this time it's like mad hatter's got his house they've got the tea party area there's the fucking white queen the red queen's off doing something else that's it where are the rest of the the inhabitants of this this mm. world when when they do the flashbacks you see them in towns and stuff, and you actually see, like, a working world, which I didn't mind. Like, you know, when the, um, the Red Queen's, like, running and smashes her head, and she, like, knocks those... F- um, Alice knocks the frogs out of the way. And, like, there's all these, these opportunities to have these great characters and, and do some really cool world-building, and yeah. they just don't.
1: No, they never do, ever. Like, they never even try. They just kind of, like, give Mad Hatter a fucking family, and that's pretty much it. Like, what the fuck is that shit? Yeah. Shoehorn like a frog person occasionally. <laughs> like that's pretty much all they do. Like it's uh, fucking ridiculous. I don't know. It was just really fucking disappointing because it's such a like crazy world. And they feel as if if you're going to do something, that's the something to do. Establish this world.
0: Well, like I said, the, the Alice in Wonderland idea to me is this whole idea of having a new world. That has yeah. its own rules and can do all, you can do whatever you want with it and they don't do anything with it. Yeah, I, And that that makes me feel like I'm watching a bunch of people in front of a green screen more than anything because I don't feel like the world's inhabitant.
1: One of the things I didn't like either is, you know, is when she returns back to the normal world. Now, I like that, you know, the normal world is this driving force for how the way she is in this film, like in, in, in Wonderland. And basically what Wonderland is is this an excuse for Alice to overcome her problems in the real world, you know? Like she has this fear of letting go and like... Mm. Uh, and being selfish and not knowing what to do. So she does all this stuff for someone else to be selfless and then learns to be selfless at the end of the film. That's great. But look, one of the things I didn't like was the fact that there's this bit in the middle of the film where she suddenly is in an institution.
0: Yeah, it goes back for, to the real world. And, yeah. I, and I,
1: like, it made no sense to me. Like I'm watching the film and I'm like, something has gone wrong. Whatever it was, shooting wise, there was a major part of this film missing. And what they've done is they've put this there to cover it up. Because you don't see anything. Like she literally has no reason to go back. She could escape on this on the time machine. She jumps through the window anyway. Wakes up in an institution, and there's no conflict. She just gets out of the institution yeah. and goes back, and like that's it. Goes back to the room and goes back in the looking glass. Like this. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no. There's no anything to it. Like there's no reason. Is, is what I'm curious about? Like this. You know, obviously there's this. This <laughs> see this confrontation in the scene but for the overall story it brings it nothing doesn't to bring it anything
0: and, and you know what that is curiouser and curiouser because yeah. that was a big part of the trailer and i that made me excited because yeah. i was like they're really gonna play with the idea that she is fucking mad like yeah. she's and 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 that's like the whole that's what i get out of Alice in Wonderland is, it, is like, is this world real or is it—is this chick just fucking bonkers? You yeah. know? And I thought that was going to be a major theme that would, would come up through this film. And I was really excited for them to explore it. And it's like, they know that that's an idea and they're going to give it to me to a certain extent, but not unravel they just,
1: it. They just fucking tease you with it, man.
0: Because you, you're absolutely right. It just comes and goes and then we're back into it. And it's oh, what what relevance did that have to anything?
1: It was so redundant. It was actually one of the most disappointing parts of the film because I quite like the real world stuff and I want to see that. Like, yeah, she- you
0: know what? I'm I'm I found myself more interested in the real world stuff. I mean, it was the same with the first film. Like I, I was I, I was really interested in the real world drama. Yeah, her I mean, overcoming, like- you know, this macho fucking world where men, you know, run everything. Like, okay, cool. Let's let's explore yeah. that. Yeah. Let's go to this mad world and have things that happen there be relevant back here. And it's like, they kind of are, but like, it's just not that strong. And it could be really, really strong.
1: What I never understood was like, why she doesn't just take her mum and go to uh, Wonderland. Like, I never understood that because to be honest, every experience she has in Wonderland, you know, aside from the ones she puts herself in, seemed pretty fucking great. Like, everyone likes her, nobody judges her, she's awesome, like, nobody questions her as a person. Well, I think
0: that plays back on the idea that it's only her who can go there, because it's in her head.
1: Yeah, well, it's still fucking stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They kind of did it in the first one. There was, like, real-world equivalents of um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. But I just just thought there'd be some references going backwards and forward between the worlds, especially if you want to come back into the real world mid-movie. Like, let's let's have a connection here. I just didn't really feel it. But I did really enjoy, you know, her overcoming that snooty fucking dickhead. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I like all the, the pirate shit stuff. Like, I just like pirates. So it was cool to see her as pirate. One of the
1: things I did have an issue with, and this is, um, and now I, I'm probably going to get some scrutiny for this because I'm sure some people disagree with me. But uh, one of the things I did have an issue with is the fact that this film really struggles to, to find itself, to find its mood and what it's trying to portray. I'm not talking, like, obviously it's meant to be absurdist. Obviously there are aspects that are meant to be wacky and quirky. That's the whole fucking point, you know? But, like, that can still be taken seriously, you know? And I think they do in the first film, It's it, they take it quite seriously. Like, Wonderland is this dramatic place. She is in a fucking real place. Like, holy shit. Like, that's the whole thing about Tim Burton is, like, Got to take like a sort of childlike story and be like, all right, this is fucked. You know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in his own way, he does it with this as well. But in this one. I don't know
0: if it worked that well in the first one or not.
1: Not that it worked. I'm just saying that he tried to do it. You know, it was an attempt. In this one, though, like Wonderland is quirky and sort of believes itself to an extent, but the real world doesn't. The real world doesn't take itself seriously, and sometimes it does. One part of it is this, you know, a dramatic ship battle, and it's quite, cool and awesome. Mm-hmm. And then another part is like almost satire, like the, all the men laughing together, like aha ah, ha ha, a woman in, you know, a, a woman captain, ah, ha, ha ha. Like it was like pretty much satire. Yeah, I I
0: saw it as satire satire for the whole thing.
1: I didn't. Like, that was the problem. Like, how am I meant to take this world seriously? Like, one's quite quirky and takes itself quite seriously. You know, the things happening are real to those characters. You know what I mean?
0: In Wonderland. Yeah, and then in this
1: world, you've got, like... like, And her mum's genuinely upset and it's meant to be this dramatic piece about a mother and a daughter and there's these things going on but then they they do that shit and I'm like what the fuck are you trying to do like what are you trying to show me you know like do you want me to be taking this this confrontation seriously do you want me to not do you want me to believe in this like it's like she goes into the institution. That's not meant to be satire. That's meant to be real. That's like,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. And
1: I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's a real aspect. Like, that's a cool part. That's really good. But why the fuck did I like twenty minutes before in this world were characters like laughing as if this whole thing's a joke? It makes no fucking sense. Like, establish where you want to be.
0: I think the main mood they're going for is that satire. Like, mm. definitely. I was with that for most of it. There was the, you know, obviously there's the drama of her and her mom, but I feel yeah. like that's. A product of just how ridiculous these times were and the mindset of all these men and, and such so I I, I got it I, I would have liked it to continue in the mental ward I think that would have been really interesting and to a certain extent I think it does because Alice doesn't give a shit and just goes back to yeah. the other world so maybe that's their way of just keeping the satire going it I'm not saying it worked but maybe that is
1: yeah, I don't know, man. It was just disappointing. It didn't work for me within the film as mm. an audience member. Um, look, I think we should move on to the big guns.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Depp. So, Johnny Depp. I'm, um, I'm having a bit of a, a midlife crisis with my feelings about Johnny Depp these days because there's, there's, there's all this bullshit about him and his dogs here in Australia.
1: He's a fucking idiot, um, all
0: right? You know, he's getting all uppity-uppity because we have...
1: Quarantine laws.
0: We have quarantine laws for bringing animals into our country, which, okay, I, I think that's fair. Like, I think most countries would. They didn't register their dogs on the way through. They snuck them in. Of course, people are going to come down on that. And I and I think it's great. I think it's a great testament to, you know, the guy who, who really pushed for it, Barnaby or whatever his name is, because it's just because Johnny Depp's a fucking celebrity doesn't make him different to the rest of the the world. Like, the law is the law, and... You can't just do it. So I'm 100% Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Good on you. But also, I really like him as uh, an actor. I've always loved all this stuff. I love Jack Sparrow. Uh, Ed Wood is one of my favorite movies. I just think he's a great talent. But I'm starting to just sway on what kind of person he is these days because I've watched late. a few interviews and stuff and I'm, he's just a bit of a douchebag.
1: Okay, look, I don't give a fuck about Johnny Depp as a person. To be honest, I think he's a total fucking cunt. Yesterday, there were allegations that he beat his wife that came out. Yeah,
0: um, He was with Amber Heard. Holy crap, she's so hot.
1: Whether or not that's true is a one thing and I'm not going to make a comment about it until you know things are known. Even then, I don't really give a fuck and I think that's important for anyone listening to be able to establish the difference between a performer and their performance and a person. Okay, Roman Polanski was a fucking pedophile. All right, but he made fucking awesome films. You can watch one of his films and you can go, that's a good film. Then you can look at Roman Polanski. I think he was a pedophile. I don't know, he did some fucked up shit. He but did, you can, he was. Yeah. And he you look at like- Roman
0: Cousin or something or his sisters or I don't at, know. You but... can
1: look at him as a person and you can go, You're fucked in the head, you're a fucking disgusting human. And you need to be able to separate that to appreciate something. Well, it's like
0: Tom Cruise. Like I think Tom Cruise is one of the best actors yeah. getting around, but he's a fucking idiot in he's real a life. That job. doesn't
1: like but you yeah. can watch Mission Impossible and a lot of people seem to struggle with this, but you need to mm. not be you can't, you can't do this to yourself because no. it's fucking different. And doing that is a fucking good indication that celebrity culture is taking over. Oh, I know.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And, and look, I want to be clear. I, I'm very, I'm, I do separate Johnny Depp's personal life. Because to be honest, I've only really noticed it over the last, Mm. you know, few months. His his Um,
1: loss of sanity is very recent.
0: So it's like, okay, whatever. That's, that's his thing. He And he started saying some bad shit about Australia and Arsenal, telling us like, you know, that we're idiots and whatever. Okay. Fuck you. Let's move on. Make a cool movie. I'll be sweet. I'll still be there. Fucking front row for Pirates Mm. of the Caribbean to see him be Jack Sparrow. Because I fucking love that. But, what is, is going on yeah, like, with like the this, fucking Mad Hatter? If a guy is so fucking egotistic that his name needs to be above the title character and the title of the film, I have a problem with that.
1: Well, like, the whole, the whole publicity for this film is... Johnny is, Depp. Is Johnny Depp. And I think, I think... It was the
0: same with the first one.
1: And, and it's, like, it's really disappointing because you don't need to fucking do that, okay? Alice in Wonderland... The, is its The, own the product. fucking franchise, Alice in Wonderland, is bigger than Johnny fucking Depp, okay? It has lasted literally almost a century. Like, that thing is fucking timeless, you know? Great, you've got a big fucking actor. Plug the shit out of him. But he shouldn't be as huge as he is in this film. And the fact is, he's fucking not that important. And I don't want to see him that much. And that's one of the things. It's all about the fucking Mad Hatter the whole way through the film. It's all about him. It's all about his family. It's all about this. And I'm like, this is such a boring sequel.
0: Like, why do we need that? But it was the same in the first one as well. Like, I I remember that was the thing that pissed me off was that they've taken this, this, you know, side character who's a great character and they've put Johnny Depp in it. Yeah, okay, cool. But then pretty much made him the focus of the film also. Like, he becomes Alice's best friend. I don't remember too well I've read the, the Alice in Wonderland not, book but I don't not, think that the Mad Hatter and her become tight like Mad Hatter is a bit of a cunt
1: He's just, he is a fucking cunt. He just fucks around with her. Like, yeah. he gets, she gets the tea party, and he fucks around. And that's awesome. But like, he is, he's just fucking pivotal role. And it's fucking stupid because he shouldn't be. Because he's fucking useless. Like, I have no interest in him as a as a character anymore because he's done, all right? Yeah. The, and he, the, doesn't,
0: he doesn't even play him that well. Like, what is he supposed to be? He goes wh- from I, being like, really? Like, oh, yeah, thin, thin. then all of a sudden becomes Scottish when he's is, angry.
1: This is the big thing with this film is that Johnny Depp didn't do a fucking good job. The Mad Hatter as a character is weird as fuck. And not in like a, oh, he's bonkers. In yeah. like a, you're fucking ridiculous. He's like, <laughs> what he... are you
0: trying to do with this character? And, he wears, like, and, and it, it makes me feel like Johnny Depp was like, no, this is how it's going to be. I, mm. I don't feel like this is the way the, the character was written. Or whatever, it's like, well, if I'm going to do this movie, you're going to give me this much money, my name's going to be before the fucking title of the film, and you're going to let me have creative control of fucking everything, basically.
1: It doesn't matter, because whatever happened was shit, because he's fucking bad, and he's weird, and like I don't get it. And they, and they were clearly struggling in this film to shoehorn him in. I don't know why, to be honest, I don't know why it wasn't about the Cheshire Cat. That's all I thought the whole way through it. I'm like, where is the Cheshire Cat? I know. Why like, is,
0: get rid of the Mad Hatter and let's bring in the one that I actually want to see. Why
1: is, why is he not the, the key? If any character in this film is going to be Alice's like best friend, it's going to be the Cheshire Cat. Because that dynamic would be... Mm fucking beautiful and it, it would be have so and, like, entertaining. And it would have
0: been a weird friendship that I yeah. feel would eventuate in a place like Wonderland. If
1: the, if the Cheshire cat was struggling to live, if the Cheshire cat was the one going on on these adventures through time, that would be something I'm interested in, you know? Mm. Like that's a character who has depth and who is actually interesting to watch, but instead we get some weird uh, sometimes Scottish <laughs> has wears very obviously fucking white makeup, which I thought at one point I'm like, this makeup is so bad that it must actually be makeup and the mad hatter wears makeup. And then and then he's always in it and then it's his skin he loses
0: like, his colour when he's dying and I'm, I'm like, like, and I'm, like skin, yeah. I'm
1: like, are you fucking kidding me? This makes no fucking sense. I think
0: you're onto something with the with the Treshia cat idea because that to me is the I haven't I haven't actually read the through the looking glass book, yeah. so I don't know what the story is of that. But to me, I think that's a, a great sequel. If you'd done the Cheshire cat the way they did in the original Disney film, as this just this mystical character, like it could have gone on to he is actually, you know, in control of Wonderland or something. Well, what, like what somehow, and if he dies, the world dies or something. What? Like you could have had so much fun with that.
1: What character do you think of when you think of Alice in Wonderland? Aside from Alice, you think of the Cheshire the Cat. The Cheshire Cat. That's the immediate character. There are a lot of fucking iconic characters, like the Rabbit and and the Mad Hatter and the the, red, the Queen of Hearts, but the, the Cheshire caterpillar. the caterpillar. But the Cheshire Cat is the character. It is the character. You know. And I would have loved to see, like even like a body a buddy cop esque film with the Cheshire Cat. Like, <laughs> I'd
0: fucking pay to see that. Like,
1: it, it's just like it's. It, it feels like such an obvious thing. And the story could have even gone. Like, even if it is the Mad Hatter sick, you know. The Mad Hatter is sick, Alice returns to Wonderland to find out, but it's not this big group, everyone's friends, the Mad Hatter, is sick. She finds out herself, tries to save him, and the Cheshire Cat is there with her. Even that would have... <sighs> I played... don't know
0: why it's such a group dynamic, because that was always the thing. It's a journey through all these different people who inhabit and why, this land. Why
1: would they be friends? None of them are really mutually interested in anything. The no, Mad they're
0: Hatter... all different. I think that's the point.
1: Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so why are they all hanging out? Why is the Queen... At the Mad Hatter's house, like, why would she care? There, are, she runs mm, a fucking yeah, country. Wh- yeah, Well,
0: like at the end of the last film, like,
1: oh yeah, they, the Mad they, Hatter yeah, yeah. The, yeah the Mad Hatter like is a big, big
0: reason why things come together. So it's I, I get that in this storyline. I still don't like it. Um, I don't think it should have happened in the first place. But yeah, I look. The the problem here is is having Johnny Depp in a film isn't always a surefire win. That's that's not the me, message not here. Not
1: me anymore mate. That's the fucking that's not that wasn't saying you to mate to you or saying mate to Johnny Depp. But not <laughs> anymore.
0: But he's like I'm again I'll say he he is a fantastic character actor and he does some great characters and this is not one of them. The the problem here is that he's been given too much. If Johnny Depp could have just stood back and been like I'm the mad hatter, I'm the side character that, you know, will, That there'll be a scene with me and then I'm done. That's. I think this still could have been really cool. He could have gone fucking full, full crazy, and it would have been a lot of fun. It would have been a memorable moment. Then we go on for the rest of the movie. We follow Mia Wachowski, or whatever her name is, who is the lead character in this film. It is Alice, who is the title character. Why is the focus being shifted from her? I'll never know. But to the credit, even though this whole movie is about the Mad Hatter, this is more an Alice film. Um, than the yeah, last they, one, I feel.
1: They kind of, they, get, they bring it back sometimes. There are moments of, you know, sort of... Like, luckily, nice moments. the Mad
0: Hatter is sick for most of the film. <laughs> He's kind yeah. of out of commission, even though we get all the flashbacks, but, like, it is mainly Alice pushing forward, um, mm. which I like.
1: I agree. I think it was nice. And, you know, the Queen of Hearts plays a, a somewhat relevant role. She kind of just pops up. And Dude, becomes- I
0: really like the queen of hearts i look we've we've gone fucking full negative here but i want to be clear here i love what um i can't remember the actress's name but she's she's a really great actress and she's fucking nailed this character the big head thing is just somehow works it was actually weird when she had a small head (laughs) yeah but she is such a bitch and i love it but because she's so vulnerable at the same time i i I just think it's a really great portrayal of such a, a, a good character. You know, she's obviously got all this power, but she's got the power because people are scared of her. And that's like a big thing that comes into the first film was it's better to be feared than to be loved, but she obviously wants to be loved. And through this film, she's like, I just I just want somebody to love me. She wants she wants time. And it's it's actually kind of sweet what she's got going on. Yeah. Like when she comes in, she just puts her hand out, asking for a gift.
1: Yeah, I laughed. I thought that was a good moment. She was really good. <laughs> Uh,
0: her and Sasha Baron Cohen worked really well together. He was so scared of her, and ah, uh, yeah, so good. Yeah, so, it was.
1: She was solid. She was probably the one of the best aspects of this film, to be honest. And I,
0: on- and I honestly did care about the backstory of um, you know, why she was such a you know a fuckhead now, why she wasn't the queen, and why that thing. But that ended up being a little bit weak. I feel.
1: Yeah, it could have been a lot better. I think. Like, it's um, all
0: over a bunch of dropped tarts. Like, I thought it, it, it would be, like, something really controversial. I don't know. Anything. Then a bunch of biscuits getting fallen over and she got blamed for it.
1: <laughs> <sighs> yep. Look, I'm done. I don't need to say anything else about this film unless you do.
0: Nope, I'm good.
1: Let's wrap this puppy up, you motherfucks. Look, this is pretty shit, eh? Hey? I uh, didn't really have a good time watching it. There were moments of sort of fun. Queen of Hearts was good. Sash Baron Cohen was good. But you know the, the issues we've spoken about really did create a quite disappointing thing. And like the green screen was another thing that I forgot to mention that was just fucking annoying. It's so excessive and obvious. I don't mm. give a fuck about the Mad Hatter. I don't care about Johnny Depp. And you've presented me with what will probably be the last opportunity I'm going to see Wonderland for another two decades before someone remakes it. And thanks a lot for making it about the Mad Hatter dying because his family are somewhere and he doesn't know where. What the (laughs) fuck is that shit? Fucking thanks for fucking up. The easiest fucking pop culture, piece of pop culture around. Like, it is so simple. Just have her fucking explore a new piece of Wonderland. Have these characters come back in a similar way they appeared the first time. For fuck's sake, it's not fucking hard. Alice is stronger. You could even just fucking make her go back in Wonderland and just have her basically go through the same situations she did the first time, but now with clarity and like a more obvious like, solution to issues because she's not a damsel. These are fucking fucking easy shit, you know, but you fucked it up. And thanks a lot for fucking it up, you fucking idiots. I didn't have fun. It's two out of five.
0: Look, when we were talking about this last week, I I definitely wasn't keen. And I had to think about that because I I was so excited for that original, uh, the 2010 film because I loved this, this world and stuff. But that first film was just such a flop to me and I just wasn't ready to see more of this shit. The stuff that came from the first film, I didn't like in this film. Mad Hatter, all the other characters that are fucking irrelevant. But the things I did like were the new shit. I really liked Sasha Baron Cohen as time. I liked the whole concept of time. We didn't really talk about it, but I, I like the machine that she uses to go through time and how they portray her going back in time and how everything stops. And like, I just found that all very interesting. I liked the dynamic between the Queen of Hearts and, and Time as well. Like, basically anything going back to Sasha Baron Cohen, I, I thought was really cool. But the biggest problem here is that this is the Johnny Depp show. And because of that, they aren't allowed to explore the things that they should be exploring, all the things that you just brought up. And it just brings it right back, and it just makes it super generic again. Mia, as Alice fantastic i really like what they did with her character she's a lot stronger from the last time that we saw her in the 2010 film i i think that i believe now that she is the one to save the day even though she fucks everything up and like that's a really stupid way to write your hero as well and i don't know it's it's just a jet it's just a fucking mess it's disappointing super disappointing but i did have a lot more fun than I did with the first one. So I'm going to give this one a three.
1: Well, that's too high in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. I'm reading who wrote the film, and the person who wrote the film is the same person who wrote The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast, the screenplay. Jesus Christ. And I'm like in shock because this was so fucking shit, you know?
0: Yeah, wow. Those are masterpieces.
1: But she also wrote Star Wars Ewoks, which is trash. So, (laughs) you know... Can't fucking have it all, apparently.
0: <laughs> no, you can't. All right, cool. Well, listen, next week could be episode 90, but it's not going to be.
1: No, it's not. Joke's on you. Because we're
0: going to take a fucking break.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're having a holiday. We don't really miss any, anything. I think we've only ever had one other break, but David's, David's off uh, f- touching himself, and Connor is fucking shooting uh, grad film. His his graduate film for university as well. Ooh, how very exciting. Yeah, it's fucking a nightmare. I'm so stressed. I literally, as I finish um, this podcast, I have to be writing a like 20-page business plan that is due in two days, which is
0: fun. Excellent. The joys of uh, university. You're not wrong. <laughs> well, that'll be good. We'll be able to hear more about that in two weeks with a review of the new Ninja Turtles film. Which is kind of iconic to us, because we started this whole thing out with the original Turtles film. Yeah, boy. So what I'm going to do is next week, instead of posting up a a new episode, we'll put the link to our very first episode of our Ninja Turtles review up on the Facebook. Because there's probably a lot of you guys out there, a lot of the newcomers to the show who haven't heard that review... It is rough. Go back and have a listen to it. We talk about a lot of shit other than turtles as well, but it was good fun because that's where we sort of started out and we were both eager beavers and very excited to start this journey.
1: Arguably, like, listening to that one in comparison to now, it's almost like we had a soul at that point. <laughs> that's it. Well, I, it, it is
0: also one of our best arguments. I know it's it's been a, an epic argument between me and Connor. Like, I am a big Turtles fan. So I obviously came in with a, a, a more positive view than Connor did. And it's really the reason why we started doing this was because I was the glass half full and Connor was the glass half empty. And it really worked for that dynamic there. And we haven't had too many full on arguments of late. I'm, I'm waiting, I, th- I feel one's coming soon.
1: Yeah, I'm keen as fuck and it'll probably be Ninja Turtles to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it, it probably will. I'm keen for the new Turtles movie because they've got Bebop and Rocksteady in it finally
1: I'm fucking keen as well because it looks so good I'm not gonna lie it does look really good so. oh really? is that sarcasm? nah I'm pretty keen but I was also keen for the other one so we'll see
0: mmm okay I thought yeah well you can go and listen to our review of that one I'll post that up next week but uh yeah Okay, guys, we're going to go have a break. And thank you so much for all your support up until now. We'll see you in two weeks.
1: See you in two weeks, you fuckheads. Play the music, Fish.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur movie. Fish and Connoisseur movie does not own any rights to the film Alice Through the Looking Glass, its marketing or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track White Rabbit is performed by Grace Potter and the Nocturnals.